we are here at SEC Football Media Days once again. And Jimmy Hyams, we're now joined by a longtime friend of the program. Well, we are. It's Matt Hayes, and uh, he's covered college football for a long time, does a terrific job. Matt, how are you? I'm doing well. Jimmy, always good to be on in Knoxville. My good friend Jeff Hager there in Knoxville. Yeah. 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 Yep. I know you've spoken to the Knoxville Quarterback Club a number of yeah. times. Yeah, yeah a lot so, of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. Media Days, uh, Kelly Bryant was uh, one of the featured players here. What kind of impact do you think you'll have at Missouri? You know, Kelly is a guy, I, I went out there uh, this spring and wrote a profile on him. I mean, what a great kid. I mean, what a great kid. I, I think if you're, if you're going to root for anyone this college football season, he's a guy to root for. A guy, you know, stuck between two generational quarterbacks and Deshaun Watson. He gets there, Deshaun Watson's there. You know, then the job's finally his. He takes him to the playoff. They lose to a great Alabama team, you know, in the semifinals. The next year, they recruit another gener- generational quarterback with Trevor Lawrence. And now all of a sudden, it's week four, and guess what? He loses the job, and he has a decision to make. Do I stay there where I've worked for, you know, for, for four years, you know, sweat with these guys, I want to win a championship, or do I give myself one more shot at being a starter and, and, and playing and going to play in the NFL? And he took the new rule and said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to transfer. And he took a big risk, and now he's going to Missouri, and he feels like Missouri's going to give him the best shot at becoming an NFL quarterback. Missouri, and oh, by the way, Derek Dooley is his offensive coordinator, yes. who he, he praises. Barry Odom absolutely praises Derek Dooley. He says, Derek Dooley has brought that Cowboy-style offense where it's more intermediate throws off play action, and you throw deep a little more. And Barry Odom sat in his office and looked at me and said, this kid has been undervalued as a thrower, and he can throw the deep ball, and he's gonna be, that's going to be a threat for us, him throwing the deep ball. Bryant said that he was thankful for two new rules. One, the redshirt rule, play four games at any point in the season you can redshirt. Right. Secondly, the transfer portal. He said he wouldn't be here without those two. Do you like both of those rules? I like both. And, and I've been saying all along, Jimmy, I really think the more that college football does for players, the better. Because, I mean, let's be honest. At some point, we can't avoid this. There's billions being made. And you could say whatever you want. Yeah, they get, you know, they get uh, their room and board. They get a chance to get a scholarship. They get the best nutrition, you know, you know, they get coaching, they get development. I agree with all that. I'm not disagreeing with that. I think that's all great. But that doesn't add up to what they're earning for each one of these universities and the goodwill they bring to each one of these universities. So I, I think the more you can do, the better. And I've always said this, Jimmy. I truly believe that you wouldn't really need this transfer portal if you just simply said every single player in college football gets one free transfer. One. That's it. And if for some reason you've got to transfer again, I don't care what the reason is, you have to sit out a year. So if you just give everybody one free transfer, you'd be shocked at how easy this process would be. But again, we're talking about the NCAA, and nothing's easy with the NCAA. That's obviously been true for a long, long time. But, Matt, I would say this. What about the young man that goes to Southern Cal, then goes immediately into the portal after entering school Real early? McCoy. Yeah, and then goes to Texas, goes through spring yep. there, and now is back at Southern Cal. Doesn't there have to be just a couple of parameters where you do not pass go comes into the yeah, – No, that's my exact point. Yeah. That's why I said you just get one free. Yeah. That's it, one free. And then you eliminate all this stuff. You eliminate my mom's sick, and everybody's – you know, people have sick moms. People have sick brothers. People have sick fathers. Of course you do. That's what you use your one free get-out-of-jail-free card for. That's what it's for. But if you use that and then – a year down the road, your mom gets sick or whoever gets sick and you want to be close to home, I'm sorry, man. you got to sit out. That's it. I mean, that, then you start. Then it becomes a situation where a player is deciding his own path and his own future. 
It's his decision. If he makes the decision, he deals with the consequences of the decision. And, uh, and to me, that's what coaches teach all along. You talk to all these guys. Yeah, uh, Nick Saban, I was talking to Barry Odom about that as well. The more, the more times you put in a player in position where he makes a decision and then he has to deal with the consequences of that, the quicker they learn. So if you give a kid one free pass, just say, look, you're going to get the pass. You want to leave here? Go ahead and leave. But just remember, if something happens down the road and it doesn't work out again for whatever reason, you're going to have to say. We, uh, we now see Coach Mullen uh, making his way down Radio Row. Uh, love the story that you shared just moments ago via Twitter. Comes up with a hole-in-one, awesome. great moment. Decides to share it with another well-known golfer, former Florida and have many coach, uh, many locations, Coach Steve Spurrier. Talk about the love that he got from Coach Spurrier. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, he, was, he was talking about it. You know, we talked to him uh, upstairs in the you know, little group of us, and um, we were done. He said, I'm sorry, no, you guys asked me about my hole-in-one. We were like, all right, so what happened? So he tells us that he had a hole-in-one in Reynolds Plain Station, one of the two courses in Reynolds Plain Station, which is by Lake Oconee where the Ritz is and everything. Really nice. Um, and then the first thing I say to him was, well, did you text Spurrier about it? He said, oh, I called him. I said, what did he say? He said, oh, yeah, I got six of those. <laughs> <laughs> which, is just, which is just a classic spur on so many levels, but more so on, yeah, great, you got a hole-in-one, and then who cares, I got six. <laughs> the, the classic competitor. Uh, speaking of Mullen, four wins to ten at Florida. That surprised you that he flipped it that quickly? Uh, I think there was talent there. There's no doubt there was talent there. Um, but I think more than anything, his, he and his staff – the way they developed those players, the way they got the most out of those players, um, really was what was impressive. Uh, you know, they, they had when they got there, the idea was they got nobody that can catch the ball. Now, Jimmy, you look at Florida's receivers, I, the only program in the country, maybe Alabama and Clemson. Other than that, no one has better receivers than them. So that's coaching. I mean, that is coaching. Um, um, and, I, and I think that you know, there has to be something for that. And, and, and I think they'll, they'll get better as a, as a staff is at recruiting. Um, they're not at the Urban Meyer level of recruiting. They're not at the Pete Carroll level of recruiting or the Phil Fulmer in the heyday in Tennessee level of recruiting. But they'll get there. And when they do, the coaching will catch up with that, like we've seen this past year. Then you've got a chance to have something special there. Until then, until they start getting those elite dudes, you know, then I, I think 9-10 wins, yeah, that's kind of like it's, that's it. Right, right now they're chasing Georgia. There's no doubt about that. Everybody needs to chase Georgia. So, George, I want to ask you about that. Kirby Smart, after three years, has a very similar record that Mark Rick had after three years. Right. Each with one SEC championship. Is there reason to believe that Smart will have a long, a better tenure at Georgia than what Rick had? Well, I think Kirby's just skewed from his first year. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think if you look at Kirby's track record, not only as a head coach at Georgia, but at Nick's top lieutenant at Alabama, the guy can recruit, man. He can flat-out recruit. And, and, and he, he's the recruiting aspect, Jimmy, that I think is so much like Nick is he convinces five stars to sit behind five stars. Once you get to that point where you can do that, where you can convince those guys that it's in their best interest to do that because you're going to be the guy to get them to the NFL, not that guy, then you got it rolling. And I think that's where he's at right now. You look at Georgia when they recruit, it's ridiculous. It's just one after the other. I mean, nobody's better than Clemson right now. But, but – you look at what George is doing, it's a lot like what Alabama's doing right now. They're convincing four- and five-star guys, hey, come here because we're going to get you the NFL. And that's, Jimmy, that is 95% of the game with these recruits. And, and every coach I talk to 
tells me that. The first thing recruits ask is, how quickly can you get me to the NFL, and how are you going to get me to the NFL? And that's fine. That's the way it should be. That's, that's their, it's become now a vocation for these kids. They want to play football and get paid for it, and that's awesome. I think it should be that way. Um, and, and their first thing is, who can get me there, and how quickly can you get me there? And if you can convince kids that you're the guy to do it, great. And if you, that, then you get dudes, and we all know you win with dudes. And, and Kirby has, has had a proven track record of developing players. So that's why I think it's different between Kirby and, and what Mark did there. Mark recruited well. I'm not sure Mark's staff developed as well as Kirby's staff. I mean, the reality is George is two minutes away from maybe even from winning one national championship, playing for another, you know, and they lost both times to backup quarterbacks. That's what's amazing to me. I mean, Tua comes in. Tua had played how much time? Mop-up duty. Comes in, leads him to the comeback, wins the game. The next time it's Jalen Hurts. Jalen again, mop-up stuff. And Jalen, you know, everybody thinks, oh, Jalen, there's no way Jalen, you know, Jalen's down. He's all upset from not playing. He comes in, boom, they do it again. So, yeah, I mean, George is, I think George is at a spot right now where it's mentally they got to prove we can do this. We can go do this. We can win the East, and then when we play them in that championship game, we can do it this time. Tennessee did not have a dude drafted for the third time in five years. Tennessee has um, not won an SEC title since 1998. It's the longest drought in program history. Can Tennessee get it back? Yeah, I don't know. That's actually one of the stories I'm, I'm working on this week. Like, it is, it, I mean, where the late 90s, was that it for Tennessee? Was that the golden age? Is it ever going to get back to that? And, and I'm not sure it is. Because back then with Phillip and his staff, they were able to go into South Carolina and get key players, go into North Carolina and get players, go into Georgia. They got Jamal Lewis out of Georgia. They're not getting Jamal Lewis out of Georgia right now. That's not happening. No way. Kirby's got those borders locked down. That is not happening. They were able to go into Florida and get key players. That's not going to happen. Once, once Bowen gets that thing galvanized, once Manny gets South Florida galvanized, and even, even Willie Tiger. Willie Tiger's a great recruiter. So those days are gone there. You know, and then look, look at their, their two greatest quarterbacks, Jimmy, in the modern era. They go down to Louisiana to get Peyton Manning. They go down to Alabama to get T. Martin. And that, I'm t- that's just not happening. And that's, to me, that's a, an idea of, okay, it's going to take someone like an Urban Meyer-type coach for, that to, for it to return. Because you're, it's going to take a unique guy that players know about for them to go there. I, I just truly believe that. It's just, it, it's, they're in a tough spot right now. They're in a tough spot because their geographical footprint hurts them recruiting-wise. And then, you know, I'm not, I have nothing against Jeremy Pruitt, but Jeremy Pruitt's not a name, so it's hard for coaches. You know, it's hard. You know, players are like, okay, well, am I going to go Kirby Smart or Nick Saban, or am I going to go play for Jeremy Pruitt? And, I, again, I think Jeremy Pruitt's a good coach, but that's what he's – and Jeremy probably tell you that. That's what he's, he's working against that. We've uh, seen that Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma says that Jalen Hurts hasn't won the Sooners' top quarterback job just yet. Are, are you buying that? <laughs> I, I think in late November, Jalen's going to have like 3,800 yards and 38 <laughs> touchdowns, and we're all going to be saying he's going to be in the he's going to be in the Heisman Trophy race. And yeah, I mean it, it's uh, I mean yeah he he's there. I mean Spencer Rattler is this five-star freshman they have, and I went out to San Diego uh, in May. Moral Day weekend to, to uh, see Steve Clarkson's camp. I go out there every Moral Day, and Spencer Rattler was out there, and I watched Spencer Rattler throw the ball, and I watched him. You know, he was working with young guys and throwing the ball, a little skills competition as well. Spencer Rattler's not playing quarterback for Oklahoma, at least not this year. 
<laughs> he, he needs to like mature a little bit. He, he, Jalen Hurts is their quarterback, and he's and I, and I expect Jalen Hurts to play really, really well because because I think Lincoln Riley, if it happens and and Jalen throws thirty eight hundred touchdowns, thirty hundred yards, thirty eight touchdowns, like I said, I mean I don't know if you're Jerry Jones how you don't just say look, well, how much Lincoln, how much, twelve million, thirteen million, great. <laughs> Great, I'll give you one percent of the team too, okay? Because I mean, I, I mean that guy's track record and what he's done offensively, especially like think about this, Jimmy. Let's just say the Cardinals things work works with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. Let's just say they they improve and go to like seven and nine, but clearly they're throwing the ball better. So then you think the Browns clearly jumped up with with Mayfield and they're doing more more of the leech principles and stuff, and then the Cardinals get successful. What did you just say if you're Jerry Jones? Just say, Lincoln, you just tell me how much you want, and I'm going to pay you. <laughs> well, he can afford it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, Matt, always great to catch up with you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it. Look forward to visiting with you again sometime in the awesome. near future. Thanks, Jimmy. My pleasure. Matt Hayes, uh, nobody covers college football better than Matt Hayes. We appreciate him joining us.